tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to... After Buzz TV's Manhattan After Show. Today we are doing Season 2, Episode 4, called Overlord. As you can tell, I am all by myself tonight, but that's okay. Bobby will be back shortly, and, you know, we're just going to get right into this episode. So much to talk about. We had a lot of Oppenheimer. We see Frank is finally released from that jail prison cell. We'll get into him. And then we have some conspiracy going on with with Abby. She's doing some devious moves right now too. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of things going down at the Los Alamos up on that hill and off the hill. Um, let's get into first of all. Let's talk about Frank. Frank is finally released from this prison. I don't know how many days he's now been there. It's been at least two. Going on three episodes, uh, we saw in the second episode of the season, he spent the whole episode at the prison. The third episode, he was still there. And now, the beginning of this episode, he's finally released. Thank goodness. Um, the audience still don't know how long he was there, but the fact that he's gone, they finally released him, they got all the answers that they needed, and I love the fact that Liza was there to pick him up. Because we've seen all these episodes, he's been having visions, and he hears and sees Lila, uh, Liza, but we know that's it's the prison men messing with him. His, you know, He's seeing mirages and whatnot. But the fact that he can finally leave this prison somewhat sane, leaving with a real Liza in front of him, which I thought was very refreshing, definitely what Frank needed. And then because we saw the end of episode three, Liza was hidden away to go meet up with Frank, and go rescue him from the prison. Sure enough, they finally meet, and then they go to this diner, which was actually, I, I feel Frank's and Liza's story was definitely the, the most levity of this episode. There were a lot of funny moments, and I think lightened all the heaviness that went down with Oppenheimer and Abby, and we'll get into that too. But back to Frank, they're at the diner. He... Deep inside, even though he physically just left a prison, his mental prison isn't still is still there. He still wants to go work at the hill. Um, his his mind and his heart is still on this Manhattan project, and Liza's not having it, and I for good reason. I mean, Frank was literally just at a prison, and the fact that he wants to go to another prison, essentially a mental prison, such as the hill it's not good and liza i mean she she's in the right for questioning frank but i understand from frank's perspective the loyalty he's the only one 
pretty much who has the the strength, the smarts, the political ties, and the just he has every element a person should have to survive on the hill and to have authority and to execute this Manhattan Project properly. Um, so Frank wants to go to the hill. And he sees outside the window that there's a car that that restaurant has a contest for. Whoever eats this big bucket of chili um, can win the car. And because he, he wants to have the car too, so he can drive, take that car, drive back to the hill. And I thought this was the most comedic moment in the episode where they dump a whole bucket of chili. It looked delicious. Frank has been starved and, and and he's dehydrated he needs food and they give him a whole bucket of chili to test this contest and sure enough flies is like no please don't <laughs> like don't don't go through this spicy chili just to win a car so you can drive yourself back to a hill i will drive you there just at the entrance at the bottom of the hill i will and no further which was really good eliza i mean i would not let frank go through that bucket eating of chili even though it looked delicious so sure enough they go back and frank meets up with charlie and we see this at the end of the episode he frank frank meets up with charlie whereas charlie and as we know as the audience we know that charlie and a lot of people believe that frank is dead They've always been questioning, where did he go? What happened to him? Did the army take him out? Who took him out? This whole bureaucratic system that Frank pissed off a lot of the wrong people, took him to an unknown place for how long? And again, we don't exactly know how long he's been gone now. So I guess it's been long enough for everyone to think that they executed him. They thought Frank was a spy working for the Soviets and releasing all that information, and we know this Manhattan Project, no one, no one, there's no one there you can trust. So Frank's, and Frank says an interesting line, and I'm not sure what you guys think, but let us know in the comments below, um, on YouTube if you're listening, or on iTunes if you're listening that way. Um, He says the interesting line, they lied to us. They being who? The... The bureaucracy that they're that they're all in the was it the high up the high level government officials who exactly had the say and who exactly released the rumor or the belief that they killed Frank. So who can we trust? Again, no one. This is Los Alamos. This is the hill. Um, but we all know Frank is back. He's finally physically back at the hill where everyone needs him and that kind of ties back into charlie's charlie's dilemma this whole episode he again he's in a position of authority because we see oppenheimer and we'll definitely get into oppenheimer but oppenheimer's been gone for nine days nine days that's a long enough time for someone in a high position in high status such as oppenheimer who calls all the shots and all the operations and oversees everything it's that's a long enough period for someone to be away and charlie's getting frustrated because now he has to take up and pick up slack of oppenheimer's duties while on top of doing his own and where a lot of his co-workers and even his wife abby is saying that charlie should pretty much 
just be Oppenheimer. Take over his job because you're already doing it. And Charlie just being the science guy, he doesn't have the politics that Oppenheimer has. He doesn't have the business tact that apparently Oppenheimer brings that we soon learn that Charlie has the brains. He doesn't have the business suave um, because he he ticks off the wrong judge, the, the Santa Fe judge, apparently, because they need they still need to officially purchase land to test this bomb. And they get the land and apparently they're having legal issues because they the lady wants more money and Charlie's upset that the government won't pay this extra amount of money that we could easily pay off just to buy the land. So he, he ticks off the judge saying we have enough time, um, et cetera, et cetera. And he rubs the judge the wrong way to the point where we then learn that Oppenheimer, as high up as he is, there's a reason why Oppenheimer is the one who oversees everything because he mingles with all the right people and he says all the right things. He makes all the right connections. And he has personal relation, personal and business relationships with a lot of people who provide all the materials that these groups need to build, physically build this bomb. And I thought this was very interesting because uh, every time we see Oppenheimer, we're always like, he... He's a bit of a delegator, which I understand, but what exactly is his role? And if you're going to go with history, we know Oppenheimer oversaw the Manhattan Project, but I like how this show like really goes deep into, oh, he had this tie to someone who approved of all the metal scraps that they needed and provided, like this business company provided certain metals that... Uh, the group project needed to physically build this bomb. I never thought of it that way, so I thought that was very intriguing and loved how they integrated that into the story. And showing that Oppenheimer, because of his business tact and personal relations and connections, that he can easily get everything that the project needs and still keep the schedule on time compared to the other countries that they're worried about. Because they worried if Oppenheimer left this project we would lose all those contacts we would lose all the physical resources that that they need to build a bomb and then germany would win germany would beat us to building this bomb because we lost all of our connections and i thought that was interesting is so there again there goes that timetable that countries are competing against who can finish this bomb first and i really enjoy this uh, i thought this was very very interesting because again Oppenheimer does serve a purpose, despite the fact he only shows like five minutes on screen per episode, but he he has a big purpose in all of this. Um, and But we also see Oppenheimer's personal life is kind of getting in the way of everything, and it's, that's why Charlie's all upset. And we find out at the beginning of the episode, Oppenheimer's having an affair. He has a mistress, and he's been spending a lot of time in... Uh, in what, what, what was it? I'm, I'm sorry, as I'm recalling my notes, uh, San Francisco. He, he has a mistress in San Francisco, hence the reason why he's been gone for nine days. They're having a little rendezvous up there, and he again, he's pushing all of his responsibilities to 
Charlie, hence the reason why Charlie's all upset. And we've, and Abby, knowing that she works the, the phone operating system and she hears every call that goes in and out. Abby, she's smart. She's too smart for her own good. She puts things together and she realizes Oppenheimer is cheating. Cheating on his wife, his wife who's currently pregnant, about to go into labor literally days hours before she goes in, into labor at the hospital and Oppenheimer's gone cheating on another woman and Abby and her seats I don't know about you guys but what did you th- feel that Abby did do you think she was in the right for in- interjecting herself into Oppenheimer's relationship considering She's also had an affair on Charlie. She she's not the it feels like the pot calling the kettle black. It's someone who's cheating can point out someone else who's who's cheating. Um, I think in the I I can see it in both ways. I see Abby wants to do right by telling someone you're cheating. This is wrong. You best stop this for the better of all of America because you're giving up the Manhattan Project for a mistress. That's it. You're giving up the atomic bomb which could end the war over a woman. I get that perspective. And then on the flip side, you get just the the mentality of, hey, this is this is just wrong. You shouldn't. Um, I, 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 it's very conflicting. Uh, but I think it's the way that Abby went about it and how she made it secretive. She made it her own business when she overstepped that line, especially as an operator. I've And um, I'll, I'll go into predictions with that. But because we see Abby actually calls up this mistress and her name was Jane. Jane, as I recall in my notes, uh, Jane... Jane T, that Jane Tatlock, that's it. Jane Tatlock. Um, she, if you're going to go historical route, uh, Jane Tatlock is actually a real life person who Oppenheimer had an affair with. Back in uh, 1944, she she committed suicide, and we see Abby, um, and I don't know, I don't know the exact background history of Jane. But I find this very interesting how WGN took this situation, this certain moment in life, and played played with that that storyline to the fact that they made Abby call up Jane, pretend that she's a Red Book operator, and try to have this female survey that would get Jane to open up about her personal life and does she have a relationship with a man on the side? It's okay if she does and whatnot. But we see Jane gets emotional and she gets physically agitated to the point where she knows this is someone who who's accusing of her and looking down on her in a con- condescending way and putting Jane in a rough spot knowing that... Uh, and we we also see that Jane is highly medicated. She's emotionally unstable, chemically imbalanced. She's not in a good place. And then to get a call from someone saying this is wrong, you're you're ruining the lives of everybody, and especially Oppenheimer. He's he's you know giving making Oppenheimer give up a 
major project for someone such as lowly as her that that definitely was a you know a sucker punch to the gut i guess you can say um this is where i thought abby went super dark um and it makes me have a hard time really liking abby and we've seen all these episodes abby's getting she she has a dark mentality someone should stop her and I don't know, it's it's all going to add up one day for Abby that I feel like it's going to come full circle. That might get into predictions territory, but we'll get there. But, and then in the end, we see Jane kills herself, drowned herself in her own bathtub. And we see a quick shot of a letter that it seems like she she was going to write a letter to Oppenheimer. And all I could read, I had to pause this, all I could read on the letter, it said, I wanted to love and give... And got paralyzed somehow. I tried like hell to understand and I couldn't. I think I would love dot dot dot. I don't know the rest. But I feel like Jane, in a way, that was her suicide note to Oppenheimer. Who knows? It's it's hard to tell about Jane because we only saw her for such a short amount of time on screen. And I... I want to feel bad for her. I do. For being someone who's already emotionally messed up and thrown into this chaos that is Manhattan Project with all these people's lives intertwined, I do feel bad for her because we didn't get a lot of time with her and I don't know her character, but she was already troubled. And to have someone else already judge her during her troublesome moments was a bit sad. I feel for her. Um, But this... This definitely sparks something within Oppenheimer. He's obviously he he's distraught, and I don't know if this will actually just cause Oppenheimer to up and quit, or it could do the opposite and just motivate him even more to oversee this project, because everyone is worried that if if Oppenheimer leaves this project, you know America's pretty much doomed. We don't have a bomb, and Germany will beat us to the building of the bomb and destroy us instead of the other way. And I, I think it was just interesting all the politics that played into this episode. Um, we also we also saw our team Frank team implosion is now team Gun. I guess you can say we see Ellen uh, Helen. And Paul and Fritz, they are now in a group. Well, Fritz is actually with um, with Charlie, but Fritz goes back and forth. He's kind of like the middle li- liaison. He relays information to everybody. But we see Team Gun. We'll just call them Team Gun. Helen is now the leader of the project. She's stepping up, and I like that. And we also got the the man from the um, when Charlie and Helen. Went to go do research on the fort in Tennessee. Um, when they did research, I liked how they brought the scientist onto the team, and then now they're they're off to go to another location to do some more research. Site X, um, and I, I liked how Paul, being as smart ass as he is, because no one likes this new leader that they have. Uh, I'm sorry, as I go through my notes, uh, be this, this, the new leader of the gun, I, I'm blanking on his name, excuse me, but, um, this new leader, he, 
no one likes him. And I think he's just, we don't, the audience doesn't know his character. And he's trying to exert his authority, but no one's really having it because he's new. And it's like, why is this guy who we don't know, compared to everyone else who we do know that's been working on the Hill, why is this random new guy the leader? And uh, so there's there's a bit of tension going on there where Paul is being a smartass to him, saying he had sex with another woman on his desk, and the, the leader is not happy. And... And that, but he likes his, apparently he likes Paul Spunk and he made him the SciTech liaison, <laughs> which is, uh, it kind of backfired on Paul. He, he wanted to get, re- get removed from this group, this new group, because he didn't want to be under the leadership of this new guy. But apparently he just, in a way, got promoted. Um, so that'll be interesting. I, I like how. Paul and Helen are now in maybe a position of higher authority. Maybe they can use that to their advantage and get more information, get access to other places there on the hill that they normally wouldn't get. Um, Then that will help move the team gun forward. Uh, I like this. I think this will be fun. So there's now a bunch of teams just going on right now. And I think it will be very, very Interesting. We still have the test going on. Oh, and Meeks. Meeks a little bit. He's uh, going in between because he still talks to Charlie and he still talks to now Team Gun. And he, we see him with his Soviet spy friend, played by Mamie Gunner. Um, she's amazing. And the fact that, hey, we still have to... We can't rat each rat each other out because we're still stuck in a rock in a hard place. I don't trust Meeks. He's not he's not good, and he's he's pretty. He is also a person who's relaying the the rumor, you know, that Charlie is gunning for Oppenheimer's um, job. Where whereas we see later in the episode, Charlie's like, I don't want Oppenheimer's job. I want Oppenheimer to want his own job, and we saw that. And I liked how Charlie did have that conversation with Oppenheimer. Be like, hey, you need to start doing your job or else none of us can do our job. Um, but I, going back to Meeks for a little bit, I like how Meeks kept reference, referencing Julius Caesar. As we know, um, that's how Meeks would relay information to the Soviets. He used the coded messages using the Julius Caesar as a key. And he keeps talking about Julius Caesar. And just the symbolism of betrayal and they and, and they talked about the days of the Ides of March. You know, beware of the Ides of March. And I think this will just how it, it might just go down with Meeks. Because we know he betrayed everybody by relaying information to the Soviet. He is still the spy. No one knows him. And But him and his Soviet friend are saying... It's, maybe this is actually good, the fact that it's taking us longer to not build a bomb because Oppenheimer's gone. Because the longer it takes for us to build a bomb, the longer it'll take for us to kill innocent people by dropping the bomb on people. So it's an interesting, twisted, skewed mentality. I don't like it. But Meeks is still up to no good. Um, I I really liked this episode. I think it was uh, bringing up a lot of 
lot of different questions, and, and the fact that Frank is back is now stirring a lot of people. Because Charlie, even talking to Oppenheimer, he's like, who else could run this project as well as Oppenheimer? And we all know Frank has that capability, and the fact that Frank is back is fantastic. Oh, William Hogard. That's, sorry, everyone, that that was his name, the, um, the new leader of Team Gun, William Hogard. And he's British. And we know the Britons during this time in World War II are actually our allies, but they, they're more of our frenemies in a way. They, uh, you know, they, they always work on their projects at the same time and see an American in a certain light. They, I think Britain and, and America at this time during World War, they keep each other's at like arm's length. But they end up keeping each other, each other in check. But I, I like this. It's going to be an interesting ride. And you know what? Let's go into predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay. So a lot of different questions popped up. Abby, we see her meddling in Oppenheimer's life. She obviously makes an illegal phone call, which she's in the position to not record her own personal phone call. But I think someone's going to find that out. That's going to backfire on Abby. She's going to get fired from that. Uh, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer himself might actually fire Abby. But if we're going to go back off of Bobby's and now myself's predictions from our previous season, our previous episodes that we think maybe Abby is a spy. That would make sense. If Abby is a spy going in with that mentality and she purposely kind of emotionally thwarted with Oppenheimer's mentality to the fact of the, to the point where he can't work on this bomb, slow America down working on this project, let's the other countries have a leg up and move ahead of the game, that would that would be bad. And uh, But, however, I think that would be interesting if that was Abby's overall end goal in trying to take down Oppenheimer in a very smart and twisted way. Um, the fact that Frank is back, I think he's going to take over Team Implosion. Or Charlie is actually going to... Charlie's going to work with Frank. They're going to help build this bomb. And we're going to eventually see this test bomb. The, this this bomb because during Frank and Charlie's... No, sorry, not Frank's, excuse me. Um, Oppenheimer's and Charlie's conversation out in the open desert. They realize this is the place where we're going to test the bomb. So it's it's coming. We're, we're going to see some explosion in some way. It's going to be fun to watch. And I'm just tired of this bureaucracy, but that's the politics that go down at Los Alamos. It really is. Um, overall, really fun episode. Let me know. Let Bobby know. Let all of us know what you guys thought about this episode. Episode over Lord. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those fun places at AfterBuzz TV. Use the hashtag on Twitter, ABTV Manhattan. Let us know of your thoughts of this episode. What is Abby up to? What is anybody up to? What do you think is going to happen with Oppenheimer now that his mistress is gone, but his wife is still there? They have a new baby. It's gonna. There's a lot of drama that's going down. What do you think, Frank's? 
new position is back on the hill. What does that do to Liza's and Frank's relationship? So many different questions that have yet to be answered. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bobby will be back. I know it was just me tonight. Thank you for bearing with me. And we'll see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.